Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heavyweights Podcast. In one corner, standing at six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds of solid chicken wings, Dustin Urban. And this corner at six foot seven, two hundred eighty pounds, the one, the only, Big Daddy Nick Klein. Welcome back again to the Heavyweights Podcast. I'm Dustin Urban. I'm here with Nick Klein, as always. We, you know, we had a great divisional round, a few, you know, close games, but, you know, cup one blowout, major blowout. And, but we'll start off with the Packers versus the Rams. You know, the Packers got it going early. They, they kicked a field goal on their first drive, but, you know, the Rams, they just couldn't really get it going all game. They, they did well in the run game, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers was too much and, you know, Jalen Ramsey could not handle Devontae Adams all game. I don't think anyone can. And what did you take away from it, Nick? I mean, Anthony Lazard came on the Pat McAfee uh, radio show on Monday talking about, you know, Devontae is probably the best receiver in the NFL, and he doesn't just beat you with his speed or size. It's his feet that are going to kill you every single time. And we saw Jalen Ramsey has been the best corner in football outside of week one getting tore up by uh, – Dallas, you know, he got oh, he got eight yeah. hard by Amari Cooper, but he shut everybody down this year. That's including DeAndre Hopkins twice and multiple other, you know, high-profile names. It's just Devontae was no match. This whole Packers offense is complete. With A.J. Dillon getting going later in the season since he's come back from his COVID outbreak, he's been unstoppable. They've got that three-headed monster with him, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones had a hell of a game. That won't stay intact next year, but for now, I mean, the Packers, you know, cold game. You know, wins not really going to affect Aaron Rodgers. He's used to playing outside at Lambeau. Right. The biggest takeaway here is the Rams had the best defense in the NFL almost all year and clearly looked that way against Seattle a week ago. They couldn't really get after Rodgers. You know, they, they tried to get to putting some pressure on him early. Aaron Donald wasn't at full strength. Could never really get to Rodgers to rattle him. No. They were just firing on all cylinders. Their defense is still a little bit shaky here. But the biggest takeaway is I know Goff still has those four screws, but sources inside the Rams organization already have said that Goff and Sean McVay need marriage counseling, that their relationship is beyond irrehensible. And we're looking at, I think, about $24 million in a cap hit for Goff next year. Yeah. And, you know, this team has pieces everywhere. And Goff, you know, looked good early on this year, took a couple steps back. You know, the broken thumb won't take that away because his playoff, you know, woes this past weekend wasn't mostly on him. You know, he's battling through that injury. But they've got some major issues to answer in free agency. You know, and next offseason because they're going to have some serious cap problems. The cap's not going to increase like it's supposed to because of these COVID instructions. It's what are they going to do going forward? But I mean, the Packers right now, barring the Chiefs and Bills, look like the probably complete. I know there's only four teams left, but they look the most complete this weekend. But I, I think it's still you take it a little bit with a grain of salt just from the simple standpoint that they played a weekend. Rams team outside of that defense, but that offense just hasn't been able to get it going in, in weeks. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. The Packers defense is the weakest part of this team, but for the past six weeks, they've only let up an average of 17.3 points a game. So that, I mean, that'll get it done. If you can hold a team under 20, Aaron Rodgers is going to score the, more. The biggest thing is this isn't the Packers team from three to four years ago where everything's on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I get it. Of course, he had the MVP season. We know he's going to be MVP, and Devontae Adams is one of the best. But it's their run game that's going to keep them in this. Even with the loss yeah, of David Bakhtiari sure. on that left side, and, you know, they didn't. Jared, Jared Veld here wasn't able to play because he got COVID. COVID. 
they were still able to patch this offensive line has been able to play at a great level this year and they're moving the ball at ease on the ground and you know they have the bucks coming in you know it's going to be another cold game the bucks team likes to throw the ball over the place and they can run it but other than tom it's, brady it's going to be strength the best part about coming up this weekend is going to be strength versus strength because vita Vaya is probably coming back for tampa bay yeah. this week and that bucks rush defense was number one in the nfl against Without one of the better all year most of it and against one of the better running teams, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to, and we'll get a more true test. But, you know, we could talk about that game forever, and I, I fully believe that the Packers, you know, are better than what they were last year. I know we talked about all offseason. They could have the same record or a worse record, and, you know, just you could tell they took a step back. They actually flourished in year two of Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I think dra- it sounds weird. You know, they draft Jordan Love in the first round. That put a giant chip on Aaron Rodgers' back. I still fully believe they should have taken a receiver there with the plethora that were there in the draft. Same. So it was so deep. You Same. could have gotten more help because now you, you're basically going to sit Jordan Love another year, if not two more, and you're going to waste his rookie contract right there. I mean, at the, but the, the way Aaron's playing, he's not LaFleur, playing anytime soon. So. Well, the floor has been great for this, you know, since the Mike McCarthy regime left. He's revitalized this team, and they are one of the best in the league the last two years. And, you know, back-to-back NFC Championship games, and this time – you know, I don't think the Bucks are as good as what the 49ers were last year when the 49ers yeah. just steamrolled. So we're going to have a great game this next week. That's weekend. what I was saying. That's like the one thing the Packers got going for them. The 49ers aren't walking through that door with that great running attack. Yeah. Now, the Bucks have a good running attack, but... They have a more complete offense, but that, that 49ers yeah. team was clearly better. I think the gap between last year's NFC Championship game and the teams and this year is a lot slimmer. Right. I think that's completely obvious. You knew going in, you thought the Packers kind of just inched their way to the MC Championship last year. Absolutely. Yeah, I know they finished thirteen and three last year, but they never looked like an elite team. Right, they didn't to me. They either. just yeah, they won a lot of close games with their defense, but their defense could never stop the run. Rodgers looked lost at times. Aaron Jones had eighteen touchdowns last year. This year, it's just been a more completely balanced attack from both sides of the ball. Yeah, guys have went in and out of the lineup, and they haven't missed a beat. So I mean, that, have, that's a true test of a good team. On the opposite side, though, the Rams getting to the second round, I don't think anybody really had them in the playoffs this year, uh, barring a few people. And to win 10 games and get to the second round, beat Seattle on the road opening. McVay showed what I talked about all offseason, that you can't count him out. He is still one of the best young head coaches in the league. Yeah, I mean, And he is younger than Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not. Right. LaFleur... Uh, Le, uh, and McVeigh are younger than Rodgers and Brady. Or not Rodgers. Yeah, Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, Andrew Brees, which yeah, which we'll get to the, the other NFC Championship game on Sunday. Or divisional. Divisional game. The Bucks and Saints, two of the all-time greats, Drew Brees. They're one and two in almost every statistical category. The biggest takeaway I'm taking out here is the Saints – you know, I know they won 12 and 4, but they remind me a lot of the Packers last year. They had good weeks, they had bad weeks. They were up and down too much. And if I took anything away from just this game on Sunday, is Drew Brees' law. It's kind of that sharp decline you saw in Peyton Manning in 2015. Yeah. The arm's not there anymore. He's not as accurate. He can't move in the pocket as well. And it just father time's undefeated. We know that. But once again, it just it unfortunately, I think this is the last game we've seen Drew Brees in the NFL. You know, Hall of Fame career. Kind of weird that he never got an MVP, only one Super Bowl. He just played but in a tough era. The Saints did set a record. They're the first team ever in a four-year span to win 49 games, at least 49 games, and not make it to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. I mean, you're, you're thinking about a bullshit pass interference call that or that wasn't called right. in the NFC Championship game two years ago they would have been in. They would have been in the NFC Championship game three years ago if it wasn't for Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Miracle. 
You don't know that they would have made it for sure, but the next game was the NFC Championship game. Oh, I thought you said the Super Bowl. My no, bad. the Super Bowl would have been two years ago right. when they I lost apologize. to the Rams in overtime, and then last year you know, they lose on that last second play to the Vikings again with that touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph late in the end zone. But flipping it around, career. hell of a career. They're going to have some major issues going forward where they do a quarterback cap space. You know, Michael Thomas was reported he's having multiple surgeries. Didn't have a catch in this game. You're talking torn ligaments in his ankle, multiple things. He came out today and said basically the reason why he played is he thought it might be, you know, Drew Brees' last game. And it looked at it, you know, with those three interceptions. Some of them were some sloppy, slow passes that just kind of floated in there, reminiscent of what you saw a lot of the times from Phillip Rivers this year. Right. They just don't have that same zip. And with Brees, more than any quarterback probably in NFL history, it was about timing. Yeah. Constant timing and knowing when your receivers are, and that wasn't there. Yeah, he doesn't have that rep or that that uh, that zip. No, not even that. Just the timing with his wide receivers, the rhythm uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. It just that it was a you know a different group coming in this year. COVID didn't help any team be, be able to you know be on Michael the same Thomas page. being hurt almost ninety percent of the year doesn't really match up with yeah, you well. But I mean they. Breeze never looked right all season, really. No, to he did me. not. And but he, you know, he, like we said, he's had a hell of a career. But looking at the Bucks, you know, Tom Brady, they are starting to look mere what forty two years old. Starting to mirror the New England Patriots the way they played offense. They're they're not. They are stretching the ball down the field. Still, don't get me wrong. But they are. They took what the defense, what the Saints gave them all game. They dinked and dunked down the field, and then when it was time to hit those big plays, they did. And, you know, they hung in there early. They had some miscues early on in the game. They fell behind. They tied it at half. And they outplayed the Saints in the second half for sure. Yeah, the Saints came out firing, but it took the Bucks a while to get going on offense. You've seen that a couple times from them this year. Yeah, you but know, the difference between this is, you know, the other two times they played the Saints, it they never got it going, really. And this time, well, the first game they did, but it was too late. And then the second game, they never got to go. Credit, so. credit to Todd Bowles and the defense here for the Buccaneers. I think they knew that Breeze couldn't stretch the ball downfield, so they made right. made Breeze beat him short. That secondary for the Tampa Bay Bucks has been iffy at most all year. Carlton Davis has been up and down. You know, Antoine Winfield Jr., the rookie out of Minnesota. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Hell of a rookie year. Yeah. You know, that's one of their bright spots. That's going to be a major issue going into Lambeau next week is can they slow down Lazard, Scantling, and Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon. Be interesting. Their defense, you know, they got – they contained Alvin Kamara, which is all you can hope to do in the NFL when you have an elite back like that, like a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin right. Kamara, Nick Chubb. But, you know, the offense was moving. Antonio Brown, it took it took a couple months, but you can see that report starting to come in. He's Mike Evans was hurt, still. but still is one of the best red zone receivers we've ever yeah. seen in the NFL. He's Barring funny. Calvin Johnson and a few others, I mean, he's elite on that level. He's probably at 60%, 70% healthy right there and still makes a great play late in the game for that touchdown. You know, good for – I hate to say this – good for Tom Brady. The bet, The funniest part about this, though, is in the last, what, 24 years, the Dallas Cowboys have been to zero NFC championships. And Tom Brady's, Brady's been to one. More. Yeah. Already got him beat. Right. Bucks are back in the NFC Championship game for the first time since their Super Bowl year. Did you see what Dak tweeted, though, about that? No, I did not see he, what Dak He tweeted to uh, fucking Zeke Elliott, hold my crutches. Oh my. <laughs> he really did. But, you know, that's some good humor from Dak. He, you know, 
it's better than what's going on with the other Texas team with Deshaun Watson. We'll get into that later. We'll talk about that. But huge matchup. Two of the all-time greats. We've never been able to see them in the playoffs together just from the simple stand, AFC, NFC. They never each got to the Super Bowl in the same year. But, you know, there's going to be a great young quarterback matchup of basically the future in the AFC. This is Hall of Fame going to go down as probably one of the best matchups we've on paper. It's the closest thing we've gotten to a a great championship game since Peyton and – Brady played a few years back, but Absolutely. that was all defense in that game. Yeah, Peyton Drunk. wasn't the same. No, we knew that going in. Peyton had enough to get it done to get you where you needed to go. But Rodgers is, you know, MVP this year. Brady, over 40 touchdowns. We've Could seen have him been MVP it. if Rodgers didn't ball out like he did. The Bucks just have so many weapons. If they can get the ground game going against the Packers, this could turn into a shootout, even if it being in Lambeau. With, I don't know. I haven't looked at the weather it's yet. It's supposed to snow. Both teams can run the ball. Obviously, the Packers right. are got a better monster, but Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones will be healthy no this slouches. week. So the offensive line for the Bucks has come together late in the year. That was an issue for them last year. They were able to fix it in the draft a little bit. You know, it's still a patchwork there, but it's going to be a great, fun matchup. You know, Bruce Arians will be ready. This is his third championship game coaching, being a head coach. No, right. no second. Arizona Cardinals only went there once. Well. He was, you know, he wasn't the, Col- the Colts. He was already gone with the Colts yeah, when they made it. Gone. They made it the next year, yeah. so or two years later. So that was kind of a shit show, anyway. In but itself, let's move on to the AFC to the biggest letdown of the week here. The Ravens. I mean, they kind of shit the bed against the Bills. You know, the Bills held Lamar in check. He w- he did get a drive towards the end of the you know second quarter, but he ended up throwing like a fucking 100 or 90-something yard. 101. yard. 101 yards. Interception to break the game open. Or no, it was at the end of the third quarter. I, end of the I third apologize. quarter. But, you know, that, that was pretty much the ball game right there. And then the next drive, he gets hurt. He's out for the rest of the game. Uh, the Bills, they didn't do enough to really impress me here. I mean, there's Baltimore's defense has been one of the better units what in the league for 20 years. But they were playing; these were the two hottest teams going into the week outside of Tampa Bay. Like just saying, your offense scored 10 points, so that's not going to get it done against. They had the Ravens had the perfect the perfect game plan on defense. That's not going to get it done. Lamar Jackson makes a terrible read. Terryon Johnson picks it. It's a pick six. The game's essentially out of reach there. You know, credit the Bills for being able to get after Lamar early and often get him off his game. You know, and usually you're used to him making a few plays here and there, but they were able to contain him with their speed. Yeah. Jerry Hughes, the former first round pick, had a great game. Uh, I think two sacks. Stephon Diggs for the Bills offense was the, was the key again. Yeah. He's that security blanket that's always going to somehow, when Josh Allen can extend plays like Lamar can. I think that was the best move of the offseason besides Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Argu- arguably. To help their team? Yeah. I mean, the biggest impact, for sure, for me. Trade-wise, yes. No, I'm just saying, at any person moving teams, other than Tom Brady, I'm saying Stephon Diggs is so the So, you're putting impact. trade and free agency. It's, it's, it's really hard to argue that because, move, because yeah. of what Stephon Diggs is able to do. Over 100 catches this year, led the league in receptions and receiving yards. I think fourth in touchdowns. Pro, or All pro type here, not just pro bowl. Allen still looked good. It's just they're running into – one of the better defenses in the league with the Ravens. Luckily, the Chiefs struggle mightily in that secondary. Yeah. So, it, but they're op- they're an op- opportunistic group. They've been so. playing better. They were one of the better units in football last year. You know, injuries have slowed them down. Tremaine Evans hasn't been the same. 
Um, they came on for sure strong in the playoffs. Travis White's one of the best young corners in the league. He's going to have his hands full with Tyreek Hill next week. Yeah, good luck. Huge game because the final game on or the first game on Sunday, the Chiefs looks like they were just going to steamroll Cleveland. They did, and then if Patrick Mahomes stays in this game, I fully believe they win by two to three touchdowns here. They would have covered for sure the ten and a half. Mahomes gets lit up on a clean hit that was not a dirty hit. Yeah. By any means. The biggest question mark in this was that was not a fumble touchback. That should have been called targeting on. Yeah, I guess. By far, no, it definitely should have been called targeting. I don't like that rule to begin with. But, but it's there. But by the rules. By the rules, is, that is the completely rule. targeting. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. But. Browns don't get the touchdown. They're able to run the ball and move the ball effectively, just not capitalize. The Chiefs embodied the bend but don't break defense here they come away with the victory 22 to 17 but the biggest moment here is Patrick Mahomes goes out in the third quarter throws for over 250 yards in the first half you know they're essentially they're moving, rolling they're rolling it, you know it's not going to be close even though I mean it was what night it was 19 to 3 at halftime right yeah Chad Henney comes in throws a terrible interception you're like okay it looked like Brown- he just said hey here take the touchback you know here it looked like a punt you know with their cap space too i was kind of concerned that they, they were paying chad henney eight million dollars wow chad henney no longer has to buy a beer yeah in missouri With ever again run to seal the game well not to seal the game but to get it to fourth and one and then randy reed having the balls to go for it which is why i love this aggressive play calling you see you know, you've seen it with tony peterson so annoying. I, I don't listen to him but no, you've I'm seen it with saying. doug peterson in philly frank reich in indianapolis Going for it on fourth and inches, not only to go for it, but to do a play action rollout with a 35 year old quarterback who's never thrown a pass in, tr- in the playoffs until this game. And trust Tyreek Hill, your best receiver, to win a one on one matchup to seal the win and with a minute and a half, half to go. He's wide open. He slides right down. Game over. But Patrick Mahomes, this is Tuesday night, has cleared some protocols yesterday and today. Yes. Still some issues on whether he can get out of this concussion protocol. And there's still and an he's also with- dealing with a foot injury. If Mahomes doesn't play, this is all Bills because I don't think Chad Henney can duplicate no, that success. I, I, I was just joking earlier when I said No, but he'll that. never have to buy a beer again. You know, some of, if they go on to the Super Bowl, he's going to be a legend in, in Missouri. One thing that's been reported – by a source close to the Chiefs about Patrick uh, Carrington Harrison. He's a, a radio show. He hosts the sports radio show locally right, in Kansas City. In Kansas City. He's close to the team. He covers the team. He said Patrick passed all of his tests last night, so on Sunday night. That's the first step, but he still has to be He didn't actually hit his head. There was a nerve in his neck that got tweaked that made him out of it. Getting testing done on his neck and nerve today, so that would have been Monday, but did clear all concussion tests last night. That's just your first step. The NFL concussion protocol, you have certain steps you have to pass. No, I was just putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So people that didn't didn't know he might not have a concussion at all. And the day before the game, which will be on Saturday, he's going to have to take a test on Saturday by an outside neurologist and be medically cleared from them. It's not just the team doctors and officials. So I think no matter what, it, worse, he's going to lie his ass off to play. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, I don't think the Chiefs stand a chance. We've seen the future. It's Patrick Mahomes for at least the next 10 years in the league. On the other side, we've got Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Who look like they're going to be a force for a while, too. So we've got, like I said, we've got on the AFC, we've got the young and up and coming talent. You know, obviously Mahomes has already won an MVP. 
You've got two MVP winners on the NFC. I mean, you're going to have two different styles of generational quarterbacks. That's It's going to be a great fucking weekend. But before we get into that, these teams got there because they hired the right fucking people. You know, Andy Reid was kind of an outcast from Philly. It worked out for them in the short run. You know, they got their first ever Super Bowl. But, you know, they're moving on. We'll get into their coaching carousel. The biggest thing you take away from Mike McCarthy a couple years ago, basically ran that Packers franchise into the ground, have lost his voice in the locker room. Bruce Arians has come in, able to return the Bucks around, who'd been a lapping stock in the league for 12 years. You know, just mistake after mistake on coaching hires. And the same thing with the Buffalo Bills, since Jim Kelly was the quarterback in the early 90s. This is their first AFC championship game since 1994 when they went to the Super Bowl. Right. They bring in Sean McDermott. The one thing I think you have in common with all four of these coaches is what not their ability to call plays. I know Reed's an offensive play caller, so is LaFleur, so is you know Bruce Sarans and Sean McDermott, you know, is mostly a defensive coach. They bring culture and leadership in that locker room. And I think you're seeing NFL teams transition to that. And you don't just have to be a play caller anymore. You see it a lot of times. Absolutely. You can just be a team builder. You need to be a team builder and a culture type guy. First. You need to stop just automatically looking at have they called plays in their past. Right. That you guy, need to look at position coaches need to be up that for That guy had the highest scoring offense this year. Let's that's go why, get that offensive That's why you've seen in New Orleans their defensive line coach turn down the LSU defensive coordinator job this week to get a four-year extension and to become associate head coach to Sean Payton. Right. You want that culture. You want a guy that guys respect because you don't want to turn into fucking Houston. Or the Bengals. That's also an owner issue right there. But we've had some hires in the last week. Robert Saleh, we talked about it, was going to be the Jets head coach. Arthur Smith actually ends up going to Atlanta, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise because I thought Joe Brady was going to be in there. But the Texans, we'll start off with them. They have now interviewed officially Eric Bieniemy. Over Zoom, they have interviewed Leslie Frazier, which I don't see why you bring him back because his his tenure in Minnesota was a little rocky at best. If he's a culture guy, I just didn't see that culture I, there. I don't think he's proven at all that he's a head coach. Now, Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, is interviewed. Not for the Texans. For the Texans, yes, he has. I thought he turned it down. He told him he wasn't interested. Oh, they requested an interview. Yeah, okay. he told him he wasn't interested. Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell. We still don't know what the fuck's going on in Houston. No one does. They've got their GM, which I think was the right move, so they can have their type of coach in there, which yeah. you can get on the same page because you have this cloud surrounding the biggest name that's probably going to be the entire offseason is what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Any Colts fans out there, if you have – any inclination that he's going to Indianapolis, you're a fucking idiot. They will never try to trade in division. It, yeah, anyone in the AFC South. Let's, let's see. Set up right now. The Jets are in perfect prime position if they really want to take – if they want to get rid of Deshaun Watson, the Jets have the draft capital right. and the the draft or the money, the salary cap money to bring this on, which that would be a great fucking move for the New York Jets. Well, do they have like six first-round picks in the next three years? Something I think like it's five in the five. next three, but they've got two first-rounders and I believe two second-rounders this year off the top of my head. Not off, right. I'm not sure on that. They've but got, they have the pieces to be They've got a great culture guy in Robert Saleh, the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. Great fucking hire here. First-ever Muslim head coach, but he brings the energy. You've seen him on the locker. He's been able to build up that defensive line. He was a big reason they drafted all those defensive linemen in the Quentin first round. Williams is going to eat. That's an understatement. I, I think they're going to be able to build this defense. And then as long as he gets the right offensive coordinator. Right. But here's the thing. You can give up the number two overall pick. You're likely going to give up over the 20, 21st overall pick or the 22nd, wherever Seattle's drafting. But I'm doing that trade. I know. The I don't ch- think the Texans are trading him no matter what. I get that. But say it takes two firsts this year and say Sam Darnold 
and maybe a third this year. Yeah, do and it. then your yeah, next yeah, two yeah, first round whatever draft Whatever you got to do if you're the Jets. I'm just saying I don't That's think fine. the Texans But if you're a Colts it. fan, you got to double that because you're not going to trade him in the division if you're a GM or head coach. Yeah, newly, dude, it's never Because you're going to see him twice a year, and that – that asking like price is going to be twice a year. People were talking about Jacksonville too, and I just it's never going to happen. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer is going to stick with Trevor Lawrence because he knows that he no, would have I to give it. up I'm his just, entire thing. They have both teams have the Jets and Jaguars have too many roster you know openings and too many question marks. The Jets right now on paper have a better starting point for Robert Saleh than Urban Meyer right. does out in Jacksonville. But it's going to be questionable to say the least. I mean, Houston has been notorious for bad leadership. I don't think they're dumb enough to trade. Bill O'Brien's not coming That's what back. I was going with. Bill, Bill O'Brien's, O'Brien's not, not there anymore. Back, so, so he's I don't think not going to trade him. He's not going to get mad because he asked for money. You know, it's 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 not happening. So, All right. Well, I mean, I, I love the Jets hire here. You know, I haven't hated all their hires. I, I questioned Rex Ryan back in the day, but he ended up being – He panned but out. It, but he was a culture guy. He, he brought the energy right. you need to bond with – you know, from the top of the organization, and they need to be, he needs to be on the same page with Joe Douglas. And if Woody Johnson has any sense, any fucking sense, he's going to stay out of this and let Douglas and Soleil do their job and make the right moves here. I'd be interested to see if Soleil tries to bring in like a, uh, he's already hired his wide receiver coach. No, I'm saying just as players to bring in his, you know, his culture, like a Richard, uh, Richard Seymour might be an option not here. Seymour, but Sherman. Sherman, sorry. Sorry, but. Yeah, it would be he's going to be a free agent this year. He He's tweeted multiple occasions. He doesn't believe he's going to be back. You did see that the Jets hired their, their wide receiver coach today, right? They brought in Miles Austin, the former Dallas Cowboy receiver. Hey, that's probably not a bad move. I, I mean, I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he is a hell of an overachiever in my book. So those are usually some of the best coaches. So moving on to the other coaching hire. Arthur Smith. I know Reeves isn't here. We haven't really brought it up during this podcast. He absolutely hates this hire. He doesn't know who he is. The Titans offense. I guarantee that's it. Ranked. I, I wouldn't go that far. I think he knows a little bit. But you've seen he's worked him his way up. You want to talk about an overachiever. Arthur Smith has started from the very bottom in this in the Tennessee Titans organization and worked his way up. He was multiple different coaches, was able to get into the tight end coach two years ago, gets promoted when the floor gets hired, you know, becomes offensive coordinator. He's worked on both sides of the ball. He is a culture type guy. Right. That's exactly what they wanted down in Atlanta. He's got some major question marks to off with, with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. We'll get into that later, but I, I don't mind this hire. It's kind of like the LaFleur hire we saw in green Bay. We questioned it. You Listen, know, just because he look what he got out of Tannehill, though. That's my thing. He was able yes. to get more out of Tannehill. And, and he's, he's going to an offense with the Falcons who has just as much talent, talent on paper. They're not going to be there next year. I'm though. just saying, if, if you just give them the pieces that are there, they have more talent. They're going to start off in the negative of the salary cap. Offense. I'm just saying. But look at the season he got out of, out of Derrick Henry. The offensive line was banged up, still able to get it together. You know, I know they lost in the first round, but I don't hate this hire. It, it was kind of a question mark how he came up so quick, but. You know, I hate the saying that you you nailed an interview or bombed it because NFL teams, just like when they do the draft, they know enough about you. They want to see the the fit. Right. Do you fit in with the owner? Are you going to fit in with the GM? Time will tell on that, but it looks like he's a great locker room guy. He's going to be able to build. Can they draft? Can they figure out this? Because 
this Falcons team is either you're going to try to get immediately back in the playoffs or you're looking at a three to four year rebuild right off the bat. The Falcons hired a GM or do they They have hired a GM. They hired uh, assistant director player personnel from the New Orleans Saints. Okay. So, I mean, they, they have, they have the pieces in place. So we'll see if they can get it done. All right. So the biggest, the biggest, biggest splash for sure. What is your original take that Urban Meyer leaves the college ranks? Very interesting. Dominated everywhere he's been. Very interested to see how this plays out. I mean, you talk about team builder. This guy is a team builder. Um, you know, you're going to have the number one pick in the draft, so you're going with Trevor Lawrence. They have a lot of talent on that roster. Uh, right. That offense is more talented than people think. I think they're a wide receiver away from being in a, like an elite caliber offense. But, you know, that – that defense still has a few pieces. They're they're closer than I mean they they need some help in the secondary and but the linebackers are there and they got a couple good defensive ends. I, I don't know how great they are. They're still young. Clavon Jason didn't really show many flashes. Josh Allen was but hurt he has this year. potential and that's that's what I mean. Potential doesn't win you games though. No it, it, production does. So, we'll see. Urban Meyer, hell of a motivator. He gets the best out of everyone, everywhere he's been. So, we'll see. You know, he's starting to put his staff together. He hired uh, the Ohio State's strength and conditioning coach. I don't know his name. I apologize. But he come, he's coming in there with him. He's going to build a culture. And he's, he's bringing in Charlie Strong, the former Texas and Louisville head coach, to coach linebackers. And he's making – he in order for him to – uh, sign the contract. He's making the Jaguars upgrade a bunch of their facilities and all that. So you know he's he's putting in the work already. He's telling them what he needs. You know what they need to do to be successful. We'll see if it pans out though. I mean, time will tell. Here's my take. I like the hire. Can we stop knocking college coaches for coming to the NFL? It sometimes it busts. Sometimes it turns out great. I right. mean, it's just it's look it's at Pete the Carroll. same thing as hiring one of these guys that are rehashed year in and year out. At least you know they don't have everything on and they don't know everything he's going to do. He's never worked in the NFL before. You don't know. Jimmy right. Johnson worked out. Right. Pete Carroll, one of the best coaches of all time. Pete Carroll, look how dominant. One of the US. best coaches of all time. <laughs> now did Saban work? No, but it looks like Urban Meyer can be the type that you know. Let's his players be Saban, grown men. If Saban gets Drew Brees. Bobby Petrino, when he went to the Falcons, his problem was he didn't treat them like men anymore. You're not yeah. dealing with 17 and 18-year-olds. Trying to get people to be quiet while they're eating dinner. Yeah. What the fuck? Matt Rule, time will tell, but I'm tired of the whole, oh, they're from college. It's not going to translate to the NFL. If anything, the NFL has been copying the college ranks for the last Quite few years with this spread offense, these new wildcat formations. It's been more open instead of just college was a straight, you know, option. Right. Oklahoma style, you know, football. The NFL is more wide open now. I love the Urban Meyer hire right now. Yeah. He's going to get the best quarterback we've seen come out since Andrew Luck. Time will tell if he lives up to the hype, which I believe he will. He looks like at least the potential to be a perennial all pro. Put the right pieces around him. He can shine. They've got some major holes. That's the biggest question marks. Can he put enough a lot of caps coaching space. strength around him and to be able to draft well enough? And they've got to be able to get Con to stay out of it. Yeah. On the flip side, the Chargers were also going after Urban Meyer hard, and which was an intriguing spot to look at. The defense was aging. But you have a great young piece in Justin Herbert who surprised a lot of people this year. It's a better situation right now. Cap. In the, long, in the next in two to three years down the line, it'll 
I still think it leans towards Jacksonville. But the Chargers hired their head coach and Brian Dabble, the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills, basically because of what he's been able to do with Josh Allen the last three years and develop him. I thought they hired Brandon Staley from the Rams. They did hire Brandon Staley. Dabble was supposed to go there. What the fuck? He didn't go there. I know. Yeah. Brandon Staley got hired from the Rams. Yeah, Staley gets to stay in town. You know, the number one defense this year. He, think of it this way. He doesn't have to sell his house and, and move. He can right, stay. Depending still, on what part of L.A. he lives in, obviously. I mean, it really doesn't matter that much. But he – This was kind of a last-minute interview coming in. I think this surprised a lot of people. I, I thought it was going to be Dabble for sure. A lot of people did. A lot of people were reporting that it was a done deal, actually. Um, but, you know, Brandon Staley gets a job. Uh, interesting thing I read online that he was trying to take the offensive coordinator from the Rams with him. And uh, Sean McVay blocks that. So that is. And- That'll be his biggest piece here because he's tasked with patching together some really great young talent on that Chargers team yeah. and some really aging talent. You know, you've got Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa, not Nick. Right. But you got Jerry Tiller, the former first round pick who hasn't really panned out yet. Um, Ingram, you know, great pass rusher. Uh, let's hope what's his name stays healthy. German uh, J- James. Right. It's. With everything they've got, they've still got, you know, some pieces on offense. I know Keenan Allen's another year older. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, Hunter Henry, and then you've got you've agent. got your you've got your franchise quarterback, which is the if he gets the right do. offensive coordinator, we'll see where they go. But speaking of offensive coordinators, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, Pete Carroll's made a lot of smart moves in the last ten years since he's taken over that Seattle job. He's won a lot of. A lot of NFC West championships. Right. But they are currently going after Adam fucking Gase to be their new offensive coordinator because they're stepped down. Too. I don't get it, man. But I, First off, he steps in that door. Jamal Adams is going to put him in a chokehold and knock him out. Right. But he has done nothing in the last eight years in the NFL to, to tell me that he deserves to be an offensive coordinator. No. But, like I said, they keep rehashing, you, like you were talking about with the college guys, why not give somebody that hasn't been up there a chance when you've already seen what this guy can do and it isn't isn't anything spectacular? So, I don't know. We'll Eagles see. still haven't hired a head coach. Eagles have hired, or have interviewed two. They've narrowed it down to two candidates. Actually, the Eagles have narrowed it down to Josh McDaniels and then Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, is interviewed and apparently Eagles is, fans are pushing for Deuce Staley to get the job. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not saying it was, but Eagles, that's what the fans want. Nick Sirianni, apparently everywhere he's gone, people have let him, you know, he, he's coming from, he was actually one of Josh McDaniels' original hires, which would be funny if McDaniels loses the job to who was supposed to be his fucking offensive coordinator when he agreed to come to Indianapolis three years ago. Yeah. Not going to happen. Good Between them and the Lions, they've got some major issues. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going anywhere. I, we'll see. He's Man, that's just another salary cap. Hell, you've got some major issues, but we'll shift into a lot of that talk. But as of right now, we're down to the Eagles and Lions having the head coaching openings. We'll get more to those once they get their hires. I would assume those are usually going to be done by the Super Bowl because of all the the talk you're going to have to go going to the combine and the right. draft, but let's get into a commercial break and come back and let's look at these uh, NFC pickums. All right. Thanks again to anchor. We really appreciate your sponsorship. Um, some quick news here came out yesterday. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that the NFL is canceling the draft combine in Indianapolis to have it every year to work out the players. For those who don't know, 
there will be no in-person workouts. I'm sure they're going to have, you know, the pro days still at the colleges, if you know, if everything keeps going right. But, you know, that's a big deal. You it's know, a lot uh, of business Indianapolis loses for. Even outside of that, you know, a lot of players come there and test well and get on, get further on the map than they were before. Well, here's before, the thing. The know? NFL has announced that they want to try to get the same type of testing. You're not going to get that with the 40 – Everything else, it'll be a little, little bit easier. But I wonder if they're not doing it because the March Madness is supposed to be here. Then, but it's in April, I guess. So that really doesn't make that's sense. That's in yeah, the end of March, April. This is in February, so that's not the issue. They're just trying to fly in over three hundred athletes. You're going to have to it's quarantine. Not safe. Yeah, it's it's it. not the right move at this point. Just do them on your pro day which you didn't get too many – you didn't get a finished pro day workouts last year. Pro days are going to be fine. Most of these colleges will be able to staff these. Now, here's what you're going to find. A lot of these smaller schools – That'll be the problem. The D, but they'll just end up going to another – you see it all the time. You see a smaller D2, D1, AA, D3. They'll, they'll go to, the, to another school. They'll get invited to the nearest bigger college. And so these are going to be all over TV. That'll be It'll good. be just fine right there. That sounds way better than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's not going to be complicated. You're not going to have to fucking watch like – Terrible uh, internet quality, or not internet quality, just 1994 cameras, v- VHS style quality. Appalachian State, but which is a D1 program now, but yeah, you're uh, not going to like White River, Wisconsin, or Whitewater, right. Wisconsin, one of the D3 schools up there. So it'll be interesting. Like we said, we'll get into more of that draft talk after the Super Bowl. We might talk about it a little bit before the Super Bowl week because we have that dead week. But let's go just go ahead and get into the six pack. This is the six pack of the week. All right, here we go again with that first question. How many division titles did the Colts win with Peyton Manning? So you're including the AFC East title he won? Yes. Okay. Man, I hate when there's just a bunch of that silence. I'm just trying to go through the years. So oh, that's fine. 20, 2011 was his last season. They won in 2010. They won in 20, 2009. They didn't get in in 2008 because Tennessee won that year with Hasselback. I think they went 13 and 3, and the Colts went 12 and 4. They won in 2007, 2006, 5, 4. I don't believe they won in 2003 because I think Steve McNair won when they were co-MVPs, which would have been that. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to say eight. You're not wrong. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> I know it took me a while to walk through that. I just had to go through the seasons and everything. You got to do it how you got to do it. Yeah, um, Tennessee was the only other team during that span. Right, that was legit threat. I mean, just the 2000, really good Which teams. the 2008 season was one of the first times a division had three out of the four teams because Jacksonville made it that year right. with they ended up benching Byron Leftwich because he got hurt yeah. and went with David Garrard, who had a great three-year ended, stretch. Yeah, ended up but they also had Fred Ta- or Maurice Jones-Drew, who was one of the best running backs for a while. Fred the Taylor, one of the best running backs all one, time. He ended up going Underrated, to, really. Yeah, ended but up going to New England. With that next second question, who was the first quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards? Put yourself back in time. Was it that long ago? Um, 
feel like it was in the last... I can't year. give... I can't. I feel like it was other than the last 12 years. If I tell you when it was, yeah, don't give it away. Because I don't believe Peyton threw for it the year he threw 49 touchdowns. No. And I don't want to say it was Peyton. I re- this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to say Matt Stafford. Dan Marino. Was it Marino? Marino. <clears throat> His second year when he... 80, 81. When he threw the 48 touchdowns. Okay. I mean, that's that's fine. He um, was the first, yeah, first ever to throw 5,000 yards. He barely wow. barely covered it. But back in the 80s, that's, that was that's crazy. That's unreal. It just, for some reason, it Staff, shows you how Stafford quietly had, I think, three 5,000-yard seasons, which most people don't talk about, but that's fine. Right. How many different players did Peyton Manning throw a touchdown pass to during his career? Jesus Christ. I've seen this floated around every now and then. It's 37? No, I'm, you're, it's probably just Colts. So you got to include fucking Denver, too. So. Right. 53? Which wouldn't be... Very close. That's really close, actually. 49. Okay. So, I mean, not a bad guess. All right. How many times has Drew Brees thrown for over 5,000 yards in a season? Twice? Five times. Crazy, yeah. He was. He had that stretch too, where they would go eight and eight or seven and nine for a while. Yeah, and he, it I was mean, all on him on offense. It they was. Came, they, they, until they dropped the running game. They until tried C.J. Spiller didn't work out until they got Mark Ingram. Or yeah, it didn't really pan out on the ground because they had Reggie Bush, but he was a better they threat didn't catching it, the ball. But they didn't the use him right then, and they didn't have the offensive line like they did. You know, later down the line. That's why they made the tra- they traded away Jimmy Graham years later to right, Seattle for, for a reason. So, yeah. that's fine. All right. Josh Allen set the single-season passing yards record for the Buffalo Bills this season. Whose record did he break? I mean, the obvious answer would be Jim Kelly, but I feel like if you're asking this fucking question, that's not right. That's a good – yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll, that's trying I'll, to trick. I'll, I'll give you that. It's trying not to, Jim Kelly. Jesus Christ. And then you talk about – they're just like the Browns franchise trying to go back and piece together. This surprised me personally. Who the hell has been – you know what, Ryan Fitzpatrick? No. Drew Bledsoe. Okay. Well, sorry, when you said this surprise, I was going to go up trying to, try to mean, piece together the quarterback since Kelly. I, I outside of Drew, have said Drew, that. Drew, sorry. No, Drew Bledsoe. But no, that's, I still wouldn't have guessed Drew Bledsoe. Um, it had to have just been over a little over 4,000 yards. Um, it was like 4,500 yards. Hmm. It, they were throwing the ball right when he got there. I mean, talk about trading a quarterback in division. Bill Belichick traded his ass straight to the Bills. But, it's very fucking rare. Right. No, I, I wasn't and saying. And he was a $100 million quarterback at the time, right, too. He fucked that. I mean, that put a hamper on the Bills, you know, for a few years. Because he wasn't really the – he was a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't that guy anymore at that point. No, not to that. Me. At that stage in his career, he was no longer the – All right. With the last question, what player has caught the most touchdown passes from Drew Brees? Jimmy Graham. Nope. Then it's uh, Mar- Mar- Marquise Colson. Yep. Yeah. 72 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, it had to have been one of those right. two. Just like, you, you Marcus know. Marcus Colson, a lot of people forget about him. Sixth round pick, great NFL career. Big body, great red zone target. He was obviously. The perfect fit when they brought Drew Brees in, when they signed him as a free agent instead of him going to Miami. They right. get him. You know, they had Deuce McAllister. 
or not Deuce McAllister. Uh, no, that, that yeah, Deuce still. Yeah, right when he got there, he 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 went straight to Pittsburgh. Well, he backed up Reggie Bush's rookie year when yeah. they went to the NFC Championship game and, and then lost. He went, then he went to Pittsburgh after that. Yeah, so. Deuce. Not too bad. Um, yeah, Colson just a, a great fucking career. Kind of an overachiever, kind of like Miles Austin, like we were just talking you about. You know, he played in an era where they were airing out the ball a lot more, and he's overshadowed by, you know, a bunch of Hall of Famers. But he, right. he was a very good player. All right, so the best part is we we don't have Reeves this week. Well, we have his picks. We he, have his picks. So we, let's go ahead and get Urban pissed off with our pickums. <laughs> Folks, it's time for the pickums of the week. 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 Does anybody know what fucking week it is? Before we get into Reeves' legendary picks, I guess would be the best way to put those. <laughs> As he would put it. Support for the Heavyweights Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped. Just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all at the same fucking time. And it does smell really good. Yeah. Who knew smelling this good can feel this good, too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming details. Yeah, and, you know, don't. Nobody wants to be that fucking smelly guy. We all were around him in school back in the day. That just somebody would be sitting by, and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, you smell like an ass. But <laughs> I mean, everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below the waist grooming needs. But they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. You know, we, we've been trying out their products for the better part of six months or five, six months now. I've enjoyed everything they've sent us. Uh, I've got the monthly subscription. I get a brand new pair of boxers same. every month and I get a new thing that's sent of their body wash. Um, I've had to reorder the ball deodorant once, which is a, just a phenomenal product. You know, it's time to feel sexy and there's no better way to do that than using Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and in the promo code box on your checkout, type in heavyweights. That's one word. You get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls and your body will thank you and hopefully your significant other because you're not going to be that person that smells like ass anymore. Yeah. But we're going to move on. We've got some huge games. Like I, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we've got the future versus the all-time greats, you know, slated different games. Right. We'll start off. With the NFC Championship game, we all what we all do last week though we all went three and one. All of us went three and one. So the final right now going into the championship games, I am now seven and three in the playoffs. Urban, you're six and four. Reeves is six and five. So our games I'm seven that, and four. Reeves six and five. Okay. No, you're six and four. I'm seven and three. How is he six and five? He's five and five. He's five and five. Reeves okay. is five and five. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Math has been hard for me lately, apparently. But the only game me and you picked wrong last week is we both took the Ravens, but then Reeves turned around and took the Saints. I, I understood it. I just I had not – I didn't trust in Drew Brees. I hadn't since he got hurt, and that's unfortunate. Hey, that game was way closer than the Ravens game. So, so. we'll start off. Reeves surprising me because you guys dogged on me all offseason and starting the year. I had the Bucks. I had the Bucks and Chiefs in the Super Bowl before this season started. I mean, I wasn't dogging on you. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought they were – with Bruce Arians there, with Todd Bowles coaching that defense, which had played well last season, if they got their secondary even a little bit figured out, right. they were going to be back. Did I think they were going to get Antonio fucking Brown? No. Did you but think I, they were going to get Leonard Fournette? No. No, but like, <laughs> Mike Mike Evans, to me, has always been a top five receiver, yeah, underrated he, as hell. Basically – and not basically. Johnny Godwin. Manziel did a lot, but he pretty much won Johnny Manziel a fucking Heisman. But – Reeves is actually taking the Bucks here to go on the road in Lambeau, Big, which this is Aaron Rodgers' fifth NFC Championship game. The first, first one, one he's ever played at home. That he un- started. 
unreal. Yeah, we don't count right. the Brett Favre. I'm just, I'm just saying. But that's just flat out unreal to think about. That is crazy. He's been to a Super Bowl. Right. Just one, which is surprising, but yeah. we'll start off. Reese is taking the Bucks. Give me your pick. Em. Well, this uh, this is a hard. This is really hard for me. Actually, uh, I'm gonna go with Green Bay here, but I like at this point in the game. You know, you can't be really surprised if anything happens. You know, either one of these teams win. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, the Buc- the Bucks have been playing. Lights out. Nobody's playing better football than them the past, you know, six, seven. I weeks. think Buffalo would have something to say about that. Well, I like. I would. I have something to say about that. I think the Bucks look better than them, but um, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I think they control. You know, the game. Bucks have a great run defense, so it's it, they have the number one run defense. But Aaron Rodgers, I think he's just in the right place this year. I, th- I think he has that chip on his shoulder, but I, second year in this offense, he looks comf- he looks comf- more comfortable than I've ever seen him. He d- he's not injured. He's not nicked. This is the least he's ever been hit. I, I think this is the year the Packers can get back to the Super Bowl. I, I completely agree, <clears throat> but I took the Bucks before the season started to no, get to the Super Bowl. Vita Vallea is coming back. I love the password. Without Bakhtiari there is going to be a big thing that here. It is a big problem. I, I think the Bucks are going to be able to get after Rodgers and hit him a little bit. You know, Rodgers is still going to be able to loot it, but if they can get to him early and often and they can get Ronald Jones going. The formula is there. I, I really like this Bucks team. I hate to agree with Reeves here, but I really love the, where the Bucks are playing right now. There's nothing against Green Bay. I know they're at home, but man, I just, I really like Tampa Bay here and I've got to go with who I took before the season started. Right, and they're sitting in this it. position, so I've got to go Bucks here. But I, at the same time, I would not be surprised if Green Bay wins this game by over ten points. You, I mean, and you, that's how good Green Bay's been playing too. Right. I mean, like but, I said, you can't be surprised by either one of these teams winning. I think no. Tom Brady's going to keep you in it. He's not going to try to thread the needle downfield, but he's got a rapport now with everybody. Gronk's lived up to these big game that moments. That offensive line has played better and better every game down the stretch this year they're, since that Saints debacle. Let's see how the defense does. Can they stop that three? AJ Dillon's been huge, like we talked about. I'm going to take Bucks here. Oh, 31 28 Bucks, late field goal. They, they I don't move have on. I'm score guess. I'm just taking the Packers. I, I'm just trying to sit here and think. So let's <laughs> try to talk yourself into it. <laughs> this one surprised me. And I think Reeves is assuming that Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this week. I don't think he's the, taking that. The AFC Championship. Then I'd love to see why he thinks he tried the to best me, quarterback in football is still Patrick to, Mahomes. He, he Nothing to take away from what Aaron Rodgers he, did this year, but Patrick Mahomes is still the fucking best he, quarterback he in the NFL. He tried to tell us earlier this year that Patrick Mahomes wasn't the best quarterback in football. So I don't I don't think that he did this because he thinks Patrick Mahomes is out. I think he thinks the Bills are the better team. More complete just because their defense is playing a little better. Yes. But this offense is still potent. One of the best, if not the best in the league. Mahomes has been there before. Josh Allen, his first game, his first AFC championship game. You know, I think McDermott will have them ready. But I just, I think it's too too early for the Bills. I think they're going to keep this up, you know, going early. But if they get up to 14 points and they start slouching, this Chiefs team's been down before. We saw that 24-0 lead last year. That Houston blew. The Chiefs right. are never out of it. I like the Bills team. I just think they've gone as far as they can this year. I don't think their defense is enough. 
Now, I get they played earlier in the year. It was shit weather conditions. It's probably going to be in Kansas City again. But we know the Chiefs can run the ball. Their offensive line's banged up, but they can do so many different things. I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs here. I can't not take who I took in the preseason. Right. I also but, And nothing against the Bills. I just think the Chiefs are clearly the better team right here if Patrick Mahomes plays. If he doesn't, I'm going to look like an idiot, and I'm automatically going to lose this game. But I, I'm going Chiefs-Bucks, Super Bowl. I'm going – yeah, I'm going Chiefs here. There's no question in my mind. You know, if the Bills pull it out, you know, good on them. They can prove me wrong. But I don't see – any scenario other than Patrick Mahomes not playing, I don't see the Bills winning this game. So that's just me. I, I can see how the Bills can't, but they can't run the ball on the road. Right. You're going to need to be able to get that run game going. I don't know if Zach Moss is going to be playing. He's not. Singletary's hit or miss. He's been almost absent almost all he's year. Been miss a lot, but I don't know. I, you know, the Bills they got they got lucky. It takes luck. Don't get me wrong. It's part of it. I feel like they got lucky in the or the wild card round. The Ravens didn't play their best game. Now, either did the Bills. They took care of their business, though. They took care That's of their business. That's all that matters. It's the- and I'm just saying, the Chiefs skeeted by the Browns there because of that injury. And if Patrick Roman plays, they're going to light these motherfuckers up, dude. In my opinion. I'd, I think they'll win by 14. Okay. I, I would I, – I don't know what the line is, but I, I would at least they, give the, the Chiefs – I think it started off at five and a half 12, for Chiefs. I'd at least give the Chiefs 12 points personally. You're covering by 12 points. I, that's huge. Okay, so as it stands right now, we actually all have different Super Bowl matchups, which right. is kind of rare with I us. mean, that's good because I'm the behind Bucks. you. I'm not doing it because I'm behind you. Don't get me wrong. No, Reese has got the Bucks and Bills. You got the Packers, Chiefs, and I got the Bucks and Chiefs. Right. We're both torn on each game. And, my and I think Reeves, I guarantee Reeves was torn between the Packers and Bucks the too, because that's that's the hardest game to pick was, here, obviously. I was really torn between the two number one seeds actually making the Super Bowl. It, it doesn't happen as often as you would think. I want one of the first times I remember it happening. I know it's happened quite a bit, but it's I mean, rare. I'm just saying, like the Saints and Colts in 2009 were number one seeds. Right, I, I'm not saying it's like. Crazy rare. Nothing, and I believe but, Atlanta and New England were number one seeds as but well. But it, it doesn't happen like you would think, as often as you would think it happens. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bucks win. I would be fucking shocked if the Bills win. I will say this, that, that one week by, I think, will help the, the Packers and Chiefs this week. They're not going to be as banged up as, right. as the other teams. But then again, it's Tom Brady and another championship game that fucking matters as much as you know, growing up, I hated him just because I was a Colts fan. But Same, but enjoy this great, great fucking week of football. It's unfortunate because we've only got two more weekends of football and we've got a really long off season. Right, season's almost in. But what that. a playoffs it's already been. Enjoy your fucking weekend, and we'll see you guys all back here next week. Football.